Welcome to Multifamily Live. I'm Kaylee Arusi. And I'm Jason Arusi. Our mission is to help you unlock your full potential as a multifamily real estate investor. So you can do more deals, bigger deals, with less stress, keep more profit, and free up your time. Multifamily doesn't have to be a mystery. It's time to go live. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the show. Aloha, this is Pili, and I have an amazing guest today. I actually had the honor of having breakfast with this gentleman. Wow, it feels like decades ago, but it was really just a few years ago. So much has changed since then. So I would like to welcome Alex Kogan. Alex, welcome to the show. Thanks, Pili. Great to be here. So awesome to have you. So everyone, Alex has been involved in real estate, construction, and development for the last 20 years. Alex started his career in Colorado funding his own high-end construction company and grew it to be the largest and most successful firm in Southwest Colorado. Yes, the most successful firm. After 20 years in Colorado, Alex had a successful sale and liquidity event in the late 2019. And I think we talked about that. That was huge. Shortly after starting his own building company in 1999, Alex started investing in real estate with single-family spec homes, single-family rentals, commercial, and multifamily rentals. Over the last 15 years, Alex has successfully completed several townhome, mixed-use, and single-family development. Alex owns over 1,700 apartment units as an LP, co-GP, and KP, and self-manages his portfolio of single-family rentals, as well as a small portfolio of commercial rental properties. In addition, Alex invests and owns a substantial portfolio of mortgage notes. Alex has had various multifamily experiences with building, owning, and managing assets. Alex has also broad-based experience and knowledge of multiple real estate assets, asset classes, and is focused full-time on growing his private equity real estate firm. Welcome, Alex. <laughs> well, that was a mouthful. <laughs> well, it was, you've done so much just in the past 20 years. So let's, let's go back. Let's go back 20 years. You have yeah. an amazing construction firm. Why take it the next step? Why, why, why liquidate? Why? Yeah, well, it was uh, certainly an evolution. Um, I guess it's almost, uh, I guess I need to update my deck because I think it's actually been almost 23 years. But anyway, um, you know, I started out um, just following my passion, which is designing and building beautiful homes. And we were lucky to build a great firm with architects, designers, and builders and have a great run. But along the way, um, you know, I realized that uh, I needed to invest and I was fortunate place to be making great great capital and uh, living under my means and looking for a place to put it and what happened was I um, bought and built and assembled my own portfolio of random assets and, and ultimately that turned into this um, really its own business and job and, um, and and of course I made the transition of the multifamily which we'll get into in a minute um, and then uh, my life changed, and that was really the impetus for selling. And that was, I had a kid late in life, I got married, and we decided to move back to the Midwest, to Chicago, where I'm from, to, uh, to raise Aiden and to be closer to family. And while I successfully ran that firm um, remotely for a few years, it, it, was, it was time, and I really wanted to focus singularly on multifamily, 
and not be spread too thin with having this, you know, you know, good sized company in Colorado, living in Chicago and all that madness and, and living my life on a, on a plane. I mean, I, I'd fly to Chicago to Colorado, I'm sorry, uh, once or twice a month and it was just too much. So, um, that was really, you know, part of the plan is I've always said, you know, it's a cliche, but it's certainly true that if, if you have a company, most of the time it becomes a job. And if it can run by yourself, it becomes something that's really a company. It's not just a job. And then ultimately, if you can sell it, then it's truly the definition of a company. It's saleable, that has value. And that was always my goal is to get it to that point where either it runs on its own uh, and or I can sell it and monetize it. And uh, I was I was fortunate, um, right time, right place and sold in 19. Let's talk about that a little bit more about the difference between having a job, creating, being self-employed, creating a business and creating a bankable business, a sellable business. Can you dive a little bit deeper for my, for my listeners who are just starting, who are just getting into being a business owner and being an entrepreneur? Yeah. You know, it's, and it's not, I think it's, it's very similar in, um, in a lot of different uh, businesses, whether it's multifamily, construction, whatever, um, convenience store. You know, you start out, and as I started out, um, I was wearing my tool bags, and it was me, and it was one employee, and it was, you know, it's like, if I was sick, you know, tomorrow, then the business sort of suffered. If I if I closed the door, the business would stop. So that, that I had a job, really. Ultimately, I had a glorified job uh, and I had more responsibility and more stress than I had been if I was working for somebody else. And, but that's the evolution. That's where you start, you bootstrap it and you grow it. And uh, you know, my business fortunately took off quickly and I was able to scale and hire people and build systems and processes to the point that eventually it became something that I could take two weeks off and, and the business wouldn't skip a beat because we, we had systems and processes in place. Now, my business still relied a lot on me, right? Because it was my name on the sign, on the door, and people wanted to come and talk to me. And so that was really the next evolution of, of the company is to pull myself out of the business that they came to see the brand. And it wasn't necessarily Alex, it was my team and, um, that, that sort of was the next phase of the business where it didn't rely on me as much. Uh, and then slowly it, it really got to a place where um, I think I could have, you know, been more of a consultant and spent a day or two on the business uh, a month. And, and that that's when you actually have a business, right? Because that's value. Somebody could come in and say, it's not Alex. It is a company. It's a brand. It's systems and processes. And there's value to that. Somebody else could say, okay, I'll just sit in Alex's chair. I'll write Alex a check and, and I'll be able to monetize this opportunity and continue its growth. And that, that's ultimately uh, what happened. I, I could have kept it and it was a very difficult decision because it was my legacy and it was a team that's been with me for many years. Um, and uh, I struggled, I struggled with you know, giving up your identity that you've had for 20 plus years, right? And uh, my biggest fear is 
if I sell it, who am I? Right. Cause you just, it's like overnight. Big it's gone. Paper, right? Alex. Let's yeah. hear it. Cause there are, and now there are other business people out there who are in that position that you are, that are like, I could sell my business right now, but who am I without this? How did you come to, or have you answered that question? Um, yeah, you know, I think for me, as I started, you know, what started as a side hustle and multifamily and all this stuff, you know, quickly became much more of a business and business opportunity. So I saw that transition. I saw that path. I saw who I was going to be on the other side of this. And, uh, and so it was easier for me to sort of let go of who I was in terms of my, my identity to who I actually wanted to be. And, and for me, it became easier because I didn't want to be responsible for, you know, 50 employees. I didn't want to be responsible for that. I wanted to have a small boutique team and, um, and not be so big and complicated and, and multifamily provided that, you know, I could have employees that are in New York, uh, wherever, and we can work remotely and somebody can get on a plane and go look at an asset. And we were not so tethered to this one place. And, um, so anyways, long way of answering your question, I could see, uh, the other side of it and it was easier to let go. And, you know, truth, truth be told when somebody is waving a good size check in front of you, it also makes it easier. <laughs> so let's talk about that next good size check, which became multifamily. You've kind of dug into your evolution into it. Dig a little bit deeper. Tell us how you went from solid business owner, brick and mortar business owner to this thing called multifamily. Yeah. So, you know, for me, it was... Um, I think much, much more, if I, if I think about it now, much more gradual because, you know, I owned uh, so much real estate along that ride of 20 years. So I was actually, I didn't know that I was preparing for this, but I was right by default. You know, I, I looked at, it, at real estate, I underwrote real estate, I owned it, I managed it. And while it was a different asset class, because a lot of it was scattered site, single family, duplexes, triplexes, tens, twenties, some mixed use, some, some, uh, lofts, some townhomes, some condos. I mean, it was just this, you know, random portfolio. I was preparing myself for multifamily and realizing what is a pain point in that side of the business and how I can solve that pain point. Right. And in all things pointed towards multifamily. So I think my first large multifamily deal that didn't happen was uh, 10 years ago, my brother and I had something under contract in Wisconsin that was 350 units, um, low income housing. And it was a long drawn out deal and I won't get into the, the drama that, that ensued, but it allowed me to see and underwrite and really see the opportunity in multifamily. Uh, that deal didn't go forward uh, for, for a good reason, but it, the light bulb went off and I said, okay, so what did I do? I started investing in multifamily as a limited investor, you know, starting 10 years ago. And then that evolution came. And then uh, people came to me and they said, hey, would you like to join us in our partnership? I'm like, what do you mean? What do you want me to do? Um, and, and, and that evolution, you know, evolved into, into a story you've heard many times, I'm sure. You know, I started joining the general partnership side. I started helping them 
with some consultation on construction because of my background. I started helping them raise equity because of my investor base and, and my relationships for over 20 years. Um, I started helping them as a KP in terms of my net worth liquidity, uh, securing uh, agency debt, and all this just kind of snowballed. So I was investing more, I was partnering more, and then um, you know the, the natural evolution of, of I sold sold my company and I found myself in a place where I can do this. And now you know we obviously you know that we're a lead, lead sponsor and have bought a lot of assets and are growing and having a lot of fun and uh, all with a very small team and not the madness of a fifty person company. I love it. And it feels like you've just gotten bigger and you've taken that LP to J to GP to, to KP element OP. Um, so <laughs> I was about to get all my letters mixed up. So, and I love, if you listen, listeners, if you're listening to his story right now, he started with a hammer in his hand. Alex started with that hammer in his hand and he built his company from ground up, saw the next level evolution and took the steps needed to get himself to the next level. And Alex, it sounds like you didn't do it on your own. Did you have mentorship? Did you have, how did you learn the steps that you needed to take in your multifamily journey? Yeah. Um... Well, I mean, I think it started 20 years ago, really. Um, I guess in all fairness, I have to give credit to my family. Um, I grew up in a very entrepreneurial family. My dad was a builder developer. My brother is a builder developer. So it's in our genes. And and nobody in my family has had like real sort of corporate jobs, right? We've always been scrappy entrepreneurs. So for better or for worse, what that did for me is I had no fear and I had no other sort of uh, option, um, you know, I just, that was that was in my DNA to go out and to create and to be an entrepreneur. Um, and, and that could be dangerous, right? Because that no fear could get you in trouble. Thankfully, I'm, I'm pretty analytical and I'm pretty risk averse. Risk averse in terms of like, I'm, I'm always measuring, right? You have to take risk as an entrepreneur, which obviously I do, but it's measured, right? I'm always saying, what, what's the downside? What, what's the upside? Um, and that, you know, that, that really helped along the way. And then, um, as you grow, you got to surround yourself with people much smarter than you and complementary skill sets. And that was a big, a, a, a big focus of mine. So, um, I had a great C, CFO that, that took the, the journey with me for, um, 16 years. I think he was with me. Coincidentally, he's now joined uh, my my new firm. He retired from the firm that I sold, and, and that was um, that was great having him on board. But but yeah, surrounding yourself with with great people, knowing what you don't know, and bringing in consultants along the way. And then as, as far as multifamily, I think there is no substitute for just doing right. Um, for some people, it is like you know, go go buy 17 books and read them. And some guys it's, you know, go buy 17 uh, masterminds and, and, and boot camps and conferences and all those things are great. And I think that they complement everything you're doing, right? It's another data point. But for me, I'm a very much hands-on learner. So I, I, it, I, I walk before I run 
right? So as an LP, as a co-GP, you see you have visibility into how a multifamily asset operates. And, uh, and that's what I've done. And I just kind of learn as you go and I'm learning every day. And I'm, and that's what I love about this business. You know, you, you learn con- consistently and, 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 and endlessly. And it sounds like you not only learned, you implemented because so many people that go through, like you said, the books, the courses, even coming in as an LP and moving yourself up, you can learn so much, but unless you implement, and it sounds like you've made a lot of implementation, a lot of action in your life. There's yeah, nothing, that, nothing can happen, right? Yeah, that's, that's, that, that, that's it. I, I think a lot of people, um, they're deer in headlights. They, they don't know where to start. They don't know what to do next. And, you know, I'm always like one foot in front of the other, right? Just, just keep going. Um, and, you know, partnering with people, um, I think has also been great, right? Because when you partner with people, you get exposure to more markets, more wins, more issues, right? You know, we learn more from our issues than we do from our wins, from our successes. So, you know, how do you pivot in a business plan, you know, and I've loved that. I've loved, you know, you know, as you know, we've, we, we help some younger entrepreneurs that are trying to get into multifamily with our helping them get a loan and helping consult. And that provides us this amazing opportunity to be looking over their shoulder and saying, okay, what's, how's the CapEx project going? Are you able to raise rent? Are you, you know, is it sensible to do washers and dryers and all these things? And I am a huge benefactor of all that because, you know, you're, your data set is so small when you are in, in, you know, half a dozen markets. And when you partner with people, all of a sudden you're in two dozen markets. Anyway, so that, that I think that's been good for us. And I encourage others, you know, don't, don't wait until you can afford to sort of buy your own deal, you know, partner with somebody, partner with you guys, with us and, and, and get, get to work, right. Get exposure. Partner with someone and get to work. That's going to be the title of this part of the podcast. Partner <laughs> and get to work, everyone. So, Alex, before I let you go, and this has been amazing, how can the people find you? Um, so it's ashlandcapitalfund.com. Um, Alex with an I, my strange misspelled uh, name, A-L-I-X, at ashlandcapitalfund.com. Fantastic. Alex, thank you so much for joining me today. You are amazing. And again, everyone out there, partner and take action, whether that partnership is with a book, whether that partnership is with mentorship, or whether that partnership is with someone that can take you to the next level. Make that partnership happen and take action. So grateful to you for listening and have an amazing day. Bye now. Want to learn exactly how we're finding high profit, cash flow ready multifamily properties off market? Want to find out how to run lightning fast syndications to raise all the capital you need for your next multi-million dollar deal in just a few days? We're breaking down our entire process step-by-step at a three-day event happening June 10th through the 12th called you guessed it, Multifamily Live. We've done events before, but nothing this massive or this valuable. And for the first time ever, 
we're going to open the doors and walk you guys through literally every step of what we're doing on our multifamily deals. This is a virtual event, so you don't have to travel or even leave your couch, but spots are limited. Sign up at multifamilyliveevent.com and we'll see you there.